moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown! Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons! What a play! Hey everyone, welcome into the Bucks Nation podcast, an SB Nation team affiliate covering your Super Bowl 55 champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation. You can now follow the show on our official Twitter handle at BucksNationPodcast. Also be sure to check out all of our written works at BucksNation.com. We're wrapping up the 2020-2021 season with a special segment I like to call Behind Enemy Lines. We'll be meeting with our brothers and sisters across SB Nation covering our divisional rivals in the NFC South. For today's show, I'm joined by writer and contributor for SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles. He's also the host of the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. Please welcome in Brennan Ertle. What's up, buddy? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Appreciate you uh, jumping on board. This is our first inaugural Behind Enemy Lines here on Bucks Nation. I'm really excited about this. This It's going to be a little fun format. I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. I'm going to start off with some interview questions with you. I want to poke mm-hmm. your brain. I want to get behind enemy lines a little bit and see what's going on. And then complimentary, you'll be allowed to take a look at what we're thinking from a free agency, or at least my perception of where we're going with, with free agency. So let's go ahead and kick it off and talk about Drew Brees. You got to talk yes, about sir. the man, the mm-hmm. future Hall of Famer. Every sign of that last game that, that they played in the playoffs was that was it. That was mm-hmm. it. He was looking back at the stadium, leaving the field. He was acknowledging the crowd. He stood around. He kind of basically like it was blowing kisses and everything. I mean, he was absolutely treating it as though he was done. This was the last time he was going to be playing as a New Orleans Saint. But, but he's out mm-hmm. there posting workout videos. He's doing crazy <sighs> shit out there, pushing sleds and doing everything crazy now. So, the Saints haven't said anything about what they're planning on doing with Winston or Hill yet. Not that I'm aware of. And if they are, please tell me. But Mm-mm. how are you perceiving what's going on with Drew? Honestly, I think he's done. And that's okay. the hardest part is that last playoff game. It's usually have the feelings of, oh, we just lost. We had a chance. But I'm speaking for myself and a lot of other Saints fans that I was like, mm, that was for Drew. Like that was Drew's last chance. And it, for the past three or four years, it's been, okay, Drew Brees, let's evaluate this year and move forward. Let's go year by year. And in years past, we've been like, okay, we got next year with Drew. We got next year with Drew. This year, it was like, this is it. And he's never treated a playoff exit like he did this one. Of course, the picture, he looked in the back of the stadium. Um, I'm like, I'm like, cover my eyes. I'm like, don't do it. Don't, don't be the last time you do that. Uh, we, he was spending, after that playoff loss, he spent, almost two hours on the field playing football with his sons. Oh, him and Tom actually, you know, they were out Mm -hmm. there chatting it up and, and obviously, uh, you know, Tom Brady obviously highly respects drew and, Mm -hmm. and obviously they've got a friendship off the field. So for them to spend the time and throw in the ball to his kids and all that stuff. I mean, I really felt like there was something more to acknowledge. Now, maybe we caught some after game banter that normally happens between two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but that certainly seemed interesting. I know Tom Brady kind of, I bet he knew the situation that he was in. If it was his last game to see him, I mean, he's got to show your respects. And uh, I know he hasn't done that. He's done it before, but nothing in the extent that he did playing football with his sons off the stadium, out in the stadium. But it's bittersweet. Yes, he posted that workout video, but Drew's the ultimate competitor. He's going to compete. He's going to compete with everyone. 
Uh, he always works out with Chase Daniels and Todd Durkin in uh, the off season. I don't know if that was him saying, "Okay, I still, I still got it," or if he's just saying, "Like, hey, I, I'm, I'm still beast. I'm going to compete. If it's going to be in the NFL or his tennis league in his in his neighborhood, I don't know. But he's going to do whatever he can to compete and just keep working." I think that's hilarious. I mean, he'll probably be in his uh, local, yeah, uh, bowling club, right? He's probably mm-hmm. preparing for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he a golfer? I mean, he he, he is. It, he was um, when Tiger Woods got in the accident. He was going to actually golf with Drew and Justin Herbert. So uh, there you go. No, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, everybody knows. Obviously, everyone saw the rematch. Uh, well, not the rematch. Sorry, that was the one with. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. It was the rematch. It was rematch two, mm-hmm. but it included Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And I thought that yeah. the one good shot the guy makes and everyone <laughs> remembers that. They don't remember all the terrible shots that he made, uh, mm-hmm. but apparently he's been working on his game. But uh, I'm sure Drew will, obviously, he should be preparing for, he's got a nice cushy job up in the booth. Uh, what is it with mm-hmm. NBC? I'm yep. excited to see where he goes there. I think he's going to be a great analyst. I think it's going to be awesome to be able to see him. I have had a lot of respect for Drew Brees. Um, he's one of, I, I've been definitely a quarterback fan. Uh, my very first quarterback that I can remember that I became a huge fan of was Brett Favre. And then Peyton Manning became my uh, one of my favorites. Uh, never truly a huge fan of Tom Brady. I respected him because of his accolades, but I was never a huge Brady fan, you know, but obviously when he's here now, he's obviously proving that he belongs in Canton. And, and it's uh, obviously it's been pretty amazing. And so does Drew. Like, I think Drew Brees absolutely belongs there. Let me go ahead and move on to the next question. Enough about Drew Brees. Um, excited about to see where he's going to head. But Mayor Cantrell, Mayor Latoya Cantrell, she comes out and she makes an interesting tweet. And this tweet, and you can find that at BucksNation.com, associated with the article with this podcast. And you guys could see that tweet. Now, Mayor Cantrell said that there are rumors coming up around New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And in New Orleans, Russell Wilson and Sierra are more than welcome <laughs> to come to my fine city. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about these rumors, my friend. Well, when there's smoke, there's fire. Do I think Russell Wilson's going to get traded? No. Could he? Hell yeah, he could get traded. Uh, he he very well could. And there's reports coming out every single day. Diana Rossini went on the Pat McAfee show today and kind of spilt the beans on uh, the teams have called Seattle. So Seattle's called other teams and they're saying they're not shopping him, but we're calling teams. So I don't really know what that means. I don't know if the Saints particularly have interest in that. I'm sure they do. But when Russell Wilson lives off those four teams, the Cowboys, Bears, Saints, and Raiders, it's like, oh, the Saints are in there. That that just blew up. But with the other three teams, it's I kind of want to say why. Why the Cowboys? They got Dak. Why the Raiders? And especially why the Bears? But uh, I'm sure. Yeah, those are the teams that he's him. picked, right? Yeah, they would welcome <laughs> him in with open arms. But I I don't want to get my hopes up, and it would definitely cost a lot to get him. Bleacher Report is saying that the Seahawks are answering calls. However, they are not quote unquote not shopping the star mm-hmm. QB. Uh, he's got a lot. I mean, he's got a marriage with Seattle. I mean, he, he is a Seahawk. He, he ends every, every little interview with go Hawks and everything. I mean, he is married to that, to that, uh, you know, to that agency, but I, I'm just, I'm curious if, 
Is there something going on? Does he feel like they're not ready? Is it kind of like a JJ Watt type of situation where like, you know, it's year after year after, and you keep saying you're putting the pieces together and it's not happening and it can't be Mm -hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? I'm wondering, right? I mean, he's got DK Metcalf and they're just a dynamic and lock it. I mean, come on. That is a, that is a fantasy football dream stack right there uh, Mm -hmm. in itself. But why would he give that up? Why do you think he would give that up to come to New Orleans? The newest story that I've heard this morning, the Saints media, of course, have had Seattle uh, writers on their shows. And kind of the story I've got is that Pete Carroll this season was like, okay, you run the offense. It's all yours. And those first five weeks, I think we all can agree, Russell Wilson was easily the MVP. And then teams started to adapt. They started to... Russ Cook. Yeah, they let Russ Cook. And then something kind of happened. I don't know if the offensive line got to him or something, but the turnover started to happen. The offense started to struggle. Uh, they were just, it, it wasn't rolling as well. And Pete Carroll was like, okay, you had your shot. You blew it. You're going to go by my way now. And that's kind of, think that's why he's frustrated. It's like, no, you don't. I was giving me You're giving <laughs> me homeless guys as offensive linemen. You give me some talented guys. Maybe I can go out there and uh, prove you wrong. But I think there's just frustration there. I mean, of course. Uh, they've been together so long. They can renew that relationship, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's definitely something to monitor. I think he's kind of in the same situation as Tom Brady with uh, their wives raking in more dough than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think he's worried about the pain bad thing. at all. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I, I, I you know, it was funny because Evan, uh, who, you know, Evan Winter and I were talking about, Russell Wilson's choices and what he was, you know, he came down with five in Chicago and LA and, uh, or excuse me, Las Vegas and new Orleans. And I brought up new Orleans and he's like, Oh, that makes me (laughs) cringe. And he's like, I'm like, that would make the NFC South just that much more dynamic. Like, why not? Would you, are you kidding me? Do you know how many more tickets coming out of a, literally a recession for the NFL, right? Coming mm-hmm. out of a recession for the NFL, I mean, what better way to put butts in seats at both stadiums, right? Well, even the Panthers as well. I know they don't they want to move on from Bridgewater. I know they've been linked to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Atlanta with Matt Ryan, they might take a quarterback. They might get cute and take Justin Fields. It's really turning into a quarterback division. Scary, scary stuff. It is scary, and it's absolutely it's very highly competitive. And obviously, seeing what the Bucks were able to do last year, we we heard Cam Jordan. Uh, who you and I were talking about just before the show, uh, you know, Cam Jordan said, absolutely. You give me Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, we win a Super Bowl. After mm-hmm. he tried to be diplomatic about it, <laughs> not working, not working. I, when you're that cocky, you're not going to remain uh, diplomatic and humble. I, I know he was on an ESPN show as well, and he, I, I don't know if it was accidentally or on purpose, but he said, uh, Drew Brees is retired. It's Jameis or Russell or said something like Drew Brees has retired. Oh. And just everyone on Saints media is like Cam Jordan reporting Drew Brees is retired. And he came out on his Instagram story. He said, I misspoke. I, I'm just assuming uh, sometimes he's got to slow down a little bit, slow his roll a little bit. I know he's a fun guy. He likes to talk, but that one's built. Hey, listen, you know, it, it, I, I said it before when we talked about Drew Brees retiring was if you look at all the players and there were slips throughout the year, you got to look back. And there were actually national commentators actually fleshing that out. They're like, interesting how he mentioned how 
you know, if this is going to be Breeze's last uh, last two raw, then, then no better way to than to beat the Buccaneers. And that was during that was right after the week nine win, I think it was. And and it's like, ah, you're slipping there, buddy. I think the players know something. The players know something. And I think they've been hinting at it all season long. Ultimately, it is up to Drew Brees and how he feels and all that stuff. You got to admit, the guy just, you know, it's okay for him to do. I know it's going to be hard for him to walk away. But I don't know. Russell Wilson, that would be an <laughs> absolutely incredible move for the NFC South, for for the New Orleans Saints. And, and obviously, as uh, as both teams compete, again, heading towards, you know, 2021. And uh, both teams on a very strong campaign to make the playoffs and then hopefully another Super Bowl run. So it would be very interesting to say the least. Let me get into this last question here. Well, where do you think the biggest needs are for the Saints to focus during free agency? I mean, there's going to be a lot. There's definitely going to be a lot. I think they're right now on paper, they're set, but they got to cut some people. They got to get under the cap. Obviously, the biggest hole is going to be at quarterback. This is the first time since 2006 the Saints haven't had a quarterback like a day one starter um, in March that they've always had Drew Brees since 2006. And now we're off to, okay, is Drew Brees going to play? Is Taysom is Jameis? Is some other quarterback a trade? Uh, it's it's really weird. And Saints fans, I know I can speak for myself and many others. We've emotionally prepared for Drew Brees to leave. But football-wise, it, it feels weird that another quarterback could be anchoring this offense next year and we don't know who it's going to be. It's not like there's an obvious successor, like a, if Aaron Rodgers were to go, Jordan Love, or something like that, an obvious option. Taysom Mill had a shot last year. Um, I know Saints fans would be like, nope, not here. Um, I know the obvious choice right now is, could Jameis Winston come in and compete? I know there's Russell Wilson rumors. Would you rather have Russell Wilson and not have first your first-round pick for three years and maybe take away a Marshawn Lattimore or a Ryan Ramchek, lose a couple of pieces? Or would you rather have Jamison roll with those pieces and roll with those draft picks? I mean, it's really up to the Saints. And uh, that quarterback position is going to be a huge hole. And honestly, the biggest other one will be the free safety position. Uh, Marcus Williams, the free agent, I know he's uh, hated amongst most casual NFL fans, but he's a great, great free safety for them. He's been a great ball hawking safety for years now. Losing him would actually be a huge part. I know they didn't start off too well in the back end, but they finished really strong and was really their strongest all-around position group. And losing Marcus Williams would be huge. So I know they it's a priority to bring him back, but um, lots of cap casualties in that back end for sure. Your largest paid uh, unrestricted free agent is Jared Cook, the tight end. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an interesting play because we haven't seen him be very productive throughout the 2020 season. I know from mm-hmm. having him in my fantasy football roster, that uh, he kind of crapped the bed for me. And I, and I unfortunately, very unreliable. Um, given the play there, if there's a change in quarterback, he is still a substantial tight end in the league. Do you retain your highest paid uh, asset is in terms of free agent assets? I know Bucks fans know that Jared Cook has made some bad, bad mistakes. One being week nine where he fumbled on the one-yard line. He had a fourth down drop in that game. Of course, he fumbled away the divisional game uh, with the, I think it was a Tony Winfield punched it out. But yeah, he, he he could be a good, cheap option later on down the road. But the Saints will not pay top dollar for him. He's got to take I know that I, the, For sure, it's got to be one or two million dollars, if that, because they know that 
um, it, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be slim because they do have a young tight end and they like Adam Troutman and they want to get him going. Uh, Cook was, I mean, he was decent. It was never what they wanted to be. Of course, they've been through the Kobe Fleeners, the the Jared Cooks. They, they've been looking for their next Jimmy Graham, just haven't found it. And they really like this Troutman guy. And with uh, hopefully Jameis at quarterback, Taysom will probably be playing a lot of tight end snaps. You know, and unfortunately, you brought up a name that just slams a dagger in many Bucks fans' hearts with Adam Troutman because of that back of the end zone uh, reception that they got for the touchdown. <laughs> like, where the hell did this guy come from? Hasn't caught a pass in the NFL in his first ones for a touchdown. And holy crap, and it's just like a dagger uh, in an already uh, struggling Bucks secondary. Well, you're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast, our special behind enemy lines with the New Orleans Saints. I'm joined by writer and podcast host for the Canal Street Chronicles, Brendan Ertle. We'll take a quick break, but on the other side, Brendan's going to come back with questions for me about the Bucks options and what we expect to see during free agency. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Bucks Nation Podcast. I'm your special guest today, Brendan Ertle, writer for Canal Street Chronicles. Right now, I'm going to be asking Jason some very important Bucks free agency questions. And I'll just kick it off with the, some of the superstars. I mean, look at these guys that are free agents. A.B., Chris Godwin, Playoff Lenny, uh, Gronk Shaq. Are they able to bring back all these free agents? And if not, could you see some depart or like a Levante David? Do you see him coming back? Just talked about those big name free agents for the Bucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've kind of been playing around with some of the names there. And I, we just had a show with Zach Blobner from 95.3 WDAE here in Tampa. And he said that if you're going to pay anybody, it's got to be Shaq Barrett. It's got to be Barrett. He's got to be the one guy that you definitely bring back. I think the other one that I'm struggling with a little bit is Levante David. I mean, it's definitely on the defensive side. I think as long as you, I think you can pick up some, some youth on the front offensive line. I think you can pick up some youth on the tight end. So if you lose Gronk, I know the relationship and the bromance that he has with Brady, but the fact is, is that you still have a returning OJ Howard and you do have uh, Cameron Braid. So you've yeah, you have two amazing. Actually, that was the biggest question mark at the beginning of the season. Like, why bring Gronk when you have two superstar tight ends already? It was like a huge question mark for me. Nevertheless, it worked. I don't know how the hell they foresaw OJ Howard going down for the season, but they did, <laughs> which was pretty incredible. That crystal ball was working that day, my friend. That crystal ball was working that day. That's incredible. But yeah, no, I think Shaq Barrett. And I think Levante David are going to be the two that are going to be the biggest question marks. Um, just because yeah, franchise tag, obviously Godwin's just the biggest, uh, he's the biggest candidate to receive that franchise tag. And, and, and I'm just kind of jumping on the bandwagon there, but do they, can they afford using it? And, and Evan Winter brought that up too. Evan said, you know, can they afford, you know, leveraging the franchise tag? Um, will Godwin take less? You know, it's he's been wishy-washy in his interviews, and it's been interesting to hear where he where his head is at. He's like, I'm not going to take more to go into a crappy situation, but I expect to get fully paid. And uh, no, I'll take the franchise tag. No, I won't really. Eh, I should con, con reconsider the franchise tag. It's like he's wishy-washy, and you, you don't even mm-hmm. know what he's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. Would love to see. I think if you don't bring back Antonio Brown, you got to bring back Godwin. You got to figure that out, or you got to bring in somebody. Uh, maybe even a Larry Fitzgerald. He'll take in less than the 16 million franchise tag, right? Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. could 
fit this just like Antonio Brown did, uh, you know, especially from a veteran status. And, and I mean, what bigger name, uh, you know, an $11 million value, although playing at about an eight to $9 million uh, cap, right. He's probably not going to get that 11 million that he's probably worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I don't know if Gronk comes back, but I think if you pay anybody, it's going to be Shaq Barrett. Yeah. I like, I like uh, the pickup with Leonard Fournette. I mean, before the season, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't really get much looks. It was, it was the Ronald Jones show. And as time went on, I know Ronald Jones had that quad injury in the playoffs and playoff Lenny was born. Uh, Louisianans were happy to see him success, of course, uh, at LSU, but it was a little bit like, okay, you're doing it in the wrong place. You're supposed to be doing it here. Uh, could you see them bringing back a Leonard Fournette or a role player like that? Or is it just the Ronald Jones show now? It, it, it should be the Ronald Jones show, to be honest with you. You've got a budding, uh, you know, young running back in Keyshawn Vaughn. And he's got a he's got great hands. I mean, we all saw that uh, that 15 uh, yard um, out pattern that he ran for the touchdown for his first touchdown ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, the kids got hands. He just wasn't given many opportunities because you got two you know, three other stars he's competing with and LaShawn McCoy, just because of his status and his veteranship, obviously he got activated more times than Vaughn did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Leonard Fournette being in there, the problem that I have with Fournette is that it took him all freaking season long to <laughs> figure out his role on this team. And that's my biggest problem. I've been a huge Ronald Jones fan since the beginning. He's a downhill runner. He does need to hold on and take care of the ball a little bit more but he's only got a couple fumbles. I think it was only two fumbles that he has uh, in the 2020 season. Um, So with Keyshawn Vaughn, hopefully with some development, uh, you know, learning behind those three guys right there uh, has learned a thing or two and he can step up. Could they bring in a James White? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be interesting to say the least, but I think it's Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones uh, should take the reins for the most part. Uh, But that, that blend needs to get better a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. A good connector, James White, one of Tom Brady's favorite uh, open field running back re- receiving options. Of course, we got to talk about Tom Brady, the the most famous, the T-shirts that are out with the with the boat celebration, the avocado tequila and whatnot. Uh, he had a little uh, off-season, I don't know what you want to call it, operation on his knee. Is that just something that uh, is minor or is it something you're a little worried about? And I'm going to throw in a little curveball. Could you see them drafting a Mac Jones or someone like that to learn behind Brady, just someone to take reins of the offense later on. You know, Jason lights come out and said that uh, they have their quarterback of the future on the staff, on the roster already. So that's interesting, right? Could that be, is that Blaine <laughs> Gabbert, right? Um, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of a journeyman. So I don't know if that's, if that's where his head was at, obviously he didn't call that out, but a lot of people were speculating that it was Gabbert. Let me go back to the first one with the knee injury. I think it's minor. I have not been paying attention to it. I haven't been concerned about it. I actually uh, I actually pulled up NBC Sports PFT willy-nilly on the late night show and the late, late show with James Corden. And he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I actually just had knee surgery and I'm rehabbing now and I'm getting back. And it's like, well, just, you know, just pure conversation. Mm-hmm. So he claims, obviously, and describes it as minor. However, the Boston Globe has reported that the procedure is more than just a little cleanup. So I don't know. I think it, it it's probably nothing that can't be rehabbed, especially he, he stays in shape. And he obviously is Mr. TB12. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he's got his own physical fitness nutrition package. I, I think mm-hmm. I think he's got the tools to kind of make this recovery a little bit easier. So I'm going to say it's minor. 
But the other point of that was they can wait. I think they can fifth rounder later, right, to pick up a protege, right, uh, mm-hmm. to sit behind maybe in third string, maybe sit on the practice squad. I mean, we've seen worse. I mean, we who did we see go on the practice squad that was actually a big name and then that got pulled Josh up? Rosen, right? Rosen, there you go. Oh, my yeah. God. That was beginning of the season. I even forgot about that. So Rosen, <laughs> and he got picked up off of uh, off the pick mm-hmm. practice squad. But, I mean, for – for them to have the brass to be able to pull up a, a former NFL starter and put them on the practice squad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone's going to be sitting there for a little bit, learning from the best, and uh, no doubt that they could, but it's probably not going to be until later on. I haven't really dissected all the options, right? I haven't looked at the mock drafts. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything. Uh, the biggest draft need that I've heard and seen through uh, Carmen Vitali with the Buccaneers, um, she's a staff writer there. She says that Edge is really where it's at. Um, they did a poll across ESPN, NFL Network, uh, Buccaneers, and, and others, and all majority are coming back saying edge mm-hmm. as a uh, as a draft need. So where does quarterback fall in? Could be much later. Yeah, on this pace, at this pace, Brady's going to play till he's sixty five or whatnot with that TB twelve method. It seems like he's always so capable to stay healthy all throughout the year. Of course, Breeze had a torn labrum, torn fasciae, 11 broken ribs, a collapsed lung. Yeah, Brady stayed pretty much clean for, throughout the year. And I will say this, Sean Payton said that they have their future quarterback on the roster. And I'll tell you that right now, that was not true. They thought Taysom Hill would be the future. He is not. So I don't know. Tom Brady, at this pace, you don't have to worry about the quarterback position, of course. But uh, connecting to the to the needs part, um, not many needs, but... Uh, if you do see them making moves in free agency, what could you see them doing? Like names in the free agent market? What could you see them doing? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question because where do you make the moves and do you, where do you need veteran leadership? Like, what, do you need a veteran more on the depth side that maybe you could save on the cap space? And we have very little cap space to play with here. And we do need to free some up. So it's kind of interesting how where they're going to place pieces together. Uh, I just did a free agent spotlight on Shelby Harris. A defensive end for the Denver Broncos. Could we bring him in at a $2 million price tag if he's chasing a championship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had an up and down season since he even started. I, I mean, the guy even got released from Illinois State uh, with conduct detrimental to the team. I mean, the guy's had it pretty rough only recently in the past two years with the Broncos. He's actually started to shine. Uh, so could they be looking at him at, at very good value? Got to watch out, though. He's been injured, right? He's coming off of COVID and followed by a knee injury. So you got to watch out for Shelby Harris from that regard, but could get him at a good discount somewhere around one and a half to two million dollars potentially. And again, if if someone like Harris uh, is wanting to, uh, you know, chase a championship and we're looking for someone on the outside, possibly an Nadama consumer replacement or someone to be complimentary to someone like William Ghoston that may be a very good play complimenting Vita Vea on the front defensive line. James White, we talked about it just a little bit ago. I think that is a huge uh, move for the Buccaneers if they go that route, just from a pass-catching perspective, right? Because that connection, I don't know if they can afford him. I think this is, if James White, he's just at that cusp that he can potentially go out and get a fairly significant three-year contract. Uh, worth way more than what he's made in New England. And I think if he's trying to do it, he could be breaking the bank in that regard. But he also could be like, hey, I'm going back to my boy. He's already won three, what, three 
three Lombardis, three rings mm-hmm. with with Brady. So it's like, ah, I really don't need to chase him to go win another one. Mm-hmm. Um, could he lobby for him? Could could Brady lobby for White to come and and tell White, hey, listen, man, I need you to take a cut. Maybe I, I kind of doubt it, but it could be a possibility. Um, the other area is KJ Wright. Uh, so KJ Wright is an interesting look played for Seattle, the Legion of Boone. And that would be an interesting play for him to come to the, to Tampa uh, as a strong Levante David replacement. Um, if they can't get something done, I think he can gel right away with Devin white. I, I mean, he's dynamic in pass protection. He's dynamic with uh, blitz packages, which as you know, Todd Bowles loves, um, he could definitely be a dynamic player and uh, depends on if they can make the financials work in that regard. According to spot rack uh, rights value is worth 7 million. I think they want to probably try and come under that. So I, I don't know. We'll have to see what, what happens there. They, they may just look for, um, for bringing Levante in at a lower rate, reconstruct his, his former contract and, and see if he'll just come back, but we'll see. From a Saints fan perspective, I know there's, maybe five or 10 free agent markets that are like, okay, I want to go there because it's good living. And I would say Tampa is one of those. You live in Tampa, Florida, you live in the sun. And in years past, it's been like, okay, I get to play with Jameis and maybe win, get close to winning 10 games. And um, I'm in some goofy uniforms, but now it's like, okay, I get to live in Tampa. I get to compete for a championship. I'm in these beautiful, personally beautiful uniforms. And all of a sudden it's a luxury to be there. And yeah. I feel like over a year, it's been a total culture change, not just with the Bucks, with everyone, the Lightning being the Stanley Cup final, the Rays being in their finals. I mean, just a Huge. total culture change and people want to be in Tampa now. You're right, man. It, it's such a culture change around here. When I walked outside my door, I saw Bucks flags flying mm-hmm. outside everybody's door. I've never seen that. I think my my flag is the only one that's been flying on my the whole season, right? And I alternate between the Rays and I alternate between the Bucks, and I throw mm-hmm. those two up. I'm I'm a Lightning fan, also from a hockey perspective, just not enough to throw a flag up. So it, it was really cool to see four, five, six different flags on my block. It was nice to see the support. People were wearing bumper stickers and putting magnets on the side of their cars. It's dynamic, man. It, mm-hmm. it really is exciting that, yeah, the uniforms are pretty freaking snazzy, man, especially the all they are ones and uh, the Tom Brady effect. And that's what it mm-hmm. is. That's what it exactly. became. It's, it exactly. was the Tom Brady effect, man. I was going to say that when Drew Brees came to New Orleans, it's been a culture change ever since. And I see the same thing with Brady in the Bucks, just a complete culture change. All right, man. I really appreciate you jumping on the show. That'll do it for us here on Bucks Nation Podcast. I want to thank our special guest, Brennan Ertle from the Canal Street Chronicles. Tell all the good people how they can find you, man. You can find me over at Twitter at Brennan Ertle if you want a different perspective, if you want updates on who the Saints are cutting, who they're restructuring, how they're going to get over that stupid cap number. You can check me out there. And of course, Canal Street Chronicles. Love, love the content coming out of CSC. Thank you so much for coming on, man. You can all find me on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation. And you can also follow the show on our official Bucks Nation podcast Twitter handle at Bucks Nation podcast. Stay tuned in each week as we continue to bring you coverage from all angles, including fantasy football, entertainment, and now from all of you, Bucks Nation, you could submit a question, make a shout out, whatever you want to do. Send us an email to our brand new mailbag, Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Podcast at gmail.com. 
Leave us your name and message and we'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, wave your flags high and fire the cannons.